There's only one nation, Raider Nation. You're listening to Silver and Black tonight on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back. It is Friday night. That means it's time for Silver and Black tonight here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Raider Nation, did you have a good week? Did you get your fix of football? Some Raider news we got to talk about, of course. And then, uh, again, Mo Moten on vacation. He actually wrote a piece saying that he thinks Justin Herbert from the Chargers might be the MVP. So he is now in hiding. No, I kid. My friend Moe's on vacation uh, in an undisclosed location because he needs some time off. Uh, he'll be back uh, very, very soon. But we'll talk about that later and the Justin Herbert because everyone who listens to this show knows I grew up in San Diego, knows I grew up a Charger fan. That ended in 2015. Uh, but nonetheless... People always give me trash over growing up a Charger fan because I cover the Raiders. But now Mo writes this piece and there are people wanting to disown him, but Mo's too nice of a guy, so you can't do it. I'm not going to let you do it. But anyway, we're here to talk about Raiders football and we're going to get to all of that. Make sure you uh, check out our website, silverandblacktonight.com or silverandblacktoday.com, whichever you go. That's where you'll find the archives to this show. You also find... Um, more links to my work up on sportsnot.com as well as Mo, who you can find at Bleacher Report and Sportsnot as well. Uh, but nonetheless, we're going to do that. But tonight, joining me here on the show is our, our good friend, and that is Mario Tovar from the Raider Ramble. If you haven't been to RaiderRamble.com, you're missing out. A great website if you're a fan of the Raiders, if you are a card-carrying member of Raider Nation and you have not been to Raider Ramble, what the hell is wrong with you? Go there, check it out. Some great content, great writers over there. And Mario, the man who started it all, one of the hardest working men you will ever find in the business, joins me now. Mario, how you doing, my man? I'm doing good, Scott. How are you, man? I'm doing good. Listen, let, let's jump in. Well, first of all, let, Mario, you not only do Raider Ramble, you're also a colleague now of ours at Sports Not, where you're writing about football. Um, Tell everybody a little bit about your background. I know I've had you on the show before, but you know we keep getting new listeners as the numbers grow uh, each and every week and each and every month. Tell everybody a little bit about your background. How did you start Raider Ramble, and uh, what was it about the Raiders and and covering them uh, that motivated you to start the business? Well, Scott, I just basically started uh, when I was with uh, USA Today Raiders Wire when it was a brand new website, not the the Raiders Wire we know today, but the original one. And then you had other sites like Just Squawk Baby, Last Word on Sports. And then one day I just decided, you know what? Let me do my own thing. Let me start my own uh, website. I reached out to a you know, few fellow up-and-coming writers, and we basically just started the Raider Ramble, you know, and it's exploded in the last few years. Uh, we've been, you know, several aggregators like Bleacher Report, stuff like that. But uh, other than Raider Ramble, I also help out Just Blog Baby, which is part of the uh, fan-sided network. That's a great uh, source right there for Raiders content, too. And I help out other platforms, too. Uh, Black and Teal, which is also mm-hmm. part of fan-sided. They are devoted to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And as you mentioned, uh, Sports Now, which I help with uh, a few different teams. 
uh, I know Raider fans are going to like this, but in particular, the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> but, hey, man, a guy's got to eat. It's a great platform, man, but it's a great platform. Yeah, no doubt about it. And 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 clearly, you and I you know, hooked up early on um, because we were in the same boat, right? We both started these websites, and um, and we we uh, knew that uh, that there's room for everybody, and so we kind of just you know had, a, had sparked up a friendship and a conversation, uh, and that's how it should be, you know. I mean, I think that there are the big corporate sites. And there's nothing wrong with them. And you write for some of them, as do I now, with Sports Knot, with Silver and Black Today becoming Vegas Sports Today, becoming part of Sports Knot. Um, I no longer am in the web publishing business on my own. Uh, but but the independents, uh, there's a need for those. And I think that while I love the Just Blog Babies of the world and the fan-sided, because they do have amazing content and an amazing platform, uh, the independent sites are important because I think we and and you now bring voices to the table that might not get the opportunity to do it at some of those sites. Uh, and, and it really gives, I think, Raider Nation the opportunity to hear different perspectives from different places. Oh, for sure. And it was actually your partner, Mo Moden, who told me recently, and it meant a lot coming from him when he told me that the Raider Ramble is much more than just a writing website. It's more of a platform that's allowed a lot of young and up-and-coming writers a voice. You know, a lot of them have gone on yes. to other websites, which I'm more than happy for them. And some of them are, are actually have a bunch of new people getting their feet wet. And I'm more than happy to help them in any way they can. You know, I once had the doors opened up for me, you know, and to your point about independent sites, that's very important when it comes to, I think, any sports team, you know, there's nothing wrong with the major established uh, outlets. But it's always nice to have these independent ones that don't have any sort of agenda or anything. And, and for example, this year, I was really honored to be accepted into the Pro Football Writers of America, you know, which helps. Yes. I guess you could say it justifies our what we're doing, you know, that we're finally starting to get some sort of recognition, you know, as an independent uh, website. You know, I covered several events, including the Combine and uh the pro bowl you know which i know everybody hates the pro bowl but you know it's 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 a it's a big thing for an independent site that maybe sure. 4 or 5 years ago was just a free blog you know yeah and and the nfl obviously has adopted media especially it's hard too because you you consider the NFL had, I mean, the team's websites now are the biggest websites that cover the team. And so in many ways, the relationship between the NFL teams and news agencies, news sites, no matter what their size has changed because in some ways they don't really need us. The fans need us, but the teams don't need us like they used to. Uh, and, but, but the NFL has done a great job of, I think, uh, making sure that there's seats at the table. Like you said, you were, you were credentialed for the press, for the, the, for press row, uh, at the pro bowl and all that stuff, which is an amazing accomplishment. Uh, and, and obviously being a, a fellow member of the PFWA now is a big deal because you, you have to be doing the, the, the job. It's not like, uh, you can just fake your way into that. So, uh, that says a lot. But but congratulations on that, man. And it, it makes me proud. I will always obviously be a fan of those independent sites, having gone through that journey myself. Now, I want to talk about, we're going to talk a couple of subjects here with the time we have left, but uh, I want to start off with one of the story. Well, first of all, let's start with the Raiders. So so there's this sense, I've been seeing some of the some of the, the, the reporters out there uh, and other folks in Raider Nation talking about, well, the Raiders might be done now with the roster changes um, and, and might be ready to roll, as our good friend Vinny Bonsignor at the RJ said today, might be ready to roll with what they have. Um, I'm concerned with that, Mario, because as well as they've done, and I've been a big fan 
And you and I are very both objective. You know, that's the great thing about being independent is we don't work for a big newspaper or a big four letter network uh, where we can't say what we want to say. Uh, but but nonetheless, uh, you know, I'm concerned because I think the right side of the offensive line still needs a lot of work. I don't know what they're going to do do it, but I, I've been praising the Raiders and praising Ziegler and praising McDaniels for what they've done so far, including the car extension. Um but but do you have concerns if this team goes in with exactly what they have now? I think the two biggest uh, positions is definitely right tackle. Mm-hmm. I I would have really have I'm sure fans would have loved if they would have made a move there. Uh, I I do believe if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but Ziegler made a point earlier in the offseason that they had something in place for a, a right tackle, but you know things fell apart, so they moved on to their next uh, move, which was Chandler Jones. But as it stands, I mean, you're counting on Brandon Parker and Jermaine Elamore to hold down that uh, position this year. It's shaky at best. I really, I'm sure fans are hoping that they go after somebody like Daryl Williams, who's still out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other position is definitely cornerback. I know, I mean, you have to go onto Twitter for a couple of minutes to see their reactions <laughs> to uh, James Bradbury going to the Eagles, right? Oh, yes. That was one that. I, I personally speaking, I know a lot of my guys were hoping for the Bradbury signing, but yeah. cornerback is another position too, man. I mean, the Raiders are basically hoping that Trayvon Mullen regains the shape of two years ago, basically. Right. So they're, I mean, I know he had offseason surgery. It looks like he's fine from whatever thing that Vic Tafer has reported. I believe he's fine. He'll, he'll be fine, but they're basically banking on him regaining that form. So cornerback is definitely still a concern. Those two positions, I think, by far. Yeah. Um, there's no. still definitely some free agent options out there that, that there they are. can uh, go after, especially after June 2nd when the money yeah. starts to you know, flow back in. But definitely those two positions by far, man, cornerback and right tackle are still a concern. Yeah, they are, especially, you know, I mean, you, you just invested the money in car, right? Um, you've you've upgraded, obviously, at wide receiver with Devontae Adams. You have You have what I think can be, uh, just a, a stellar, amazing offense with all the pieces that you have there, and but you got to protect that quarterback, right? And and to me, uh, that's the big question mark. So I don't know if they're done. I don't know what else can be done. And no team, very rarely, does a team go into uh, a season where they've addressed every single need without question, right? The Raiders have done so mm-hmm. much uh, this year, uh, and 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 they should be credited for that. But it's going to be hard, I think, on that one. But certainly, one of the big question marks. We'll have to see what happens. And you never know who gets freed up too. you know things happen uh, and opportunities arise they might have an opportunity to go grab somebody as well in some sort of deal uh, be after the after the beginning of June so so Mario that that said uh, once there are players on the Raiders guys coming back from last year that really are in some make or break years we've talked about Josh Jacobs they didn't pick up the option we talked about Jonathan Abram didn't pick up the uh, the option those are two of the guys another guy is Cleveland Farrell and on your site on Raider Ramble I invite everybody to go up and I'm showing it on the screen here um, it is a story by Jason Willis on your staff at Raider Ramble talking about the fact that Cleveland Farrell uh, in an interview said that he might be moving outside the linebacker um, what do you think about this is that maybe an opportunity for him uh, to do something that he hasn't been able to do, which is play consistently well enough to get snaps. Oh, for sure. And I think 
the biggest thing with Farrell, if you look at it historically since he's been drafted, it just seems like he's never really found his niche. You know, every season he's had a different defensive coordinator. Once again, this year is the same thing. Uh, I think he would, as you mentioned in the piece that we ran today, he was originally drafted on the guys that he would be a pass rusher. Instead, mm-hmm. he's never really, you know, produced at that level. I mean, and certainly not as the fourth overall pick and much less as Khalil Mack's supposed replacement. You know, let's get that out of the way. He was, he's, <laughs> he hasn't lived <laughs> up to that. This is definitely a make or year, you know, make it or, or break it year for him. The switch, I think, if this is legit and he really is moving to outside linebacker, I think this could be the year where he finally turns around. I'm not going to say he's going to get double-digit double sacks or anything, you know, astronomical like that, but he can definitely, you know, bring elevated production as an outside linebacker. He's got Max Crosby and Chandler Jones on the edges. If he is indeed moved, his speed, his movement, all that stuff that he was originally drafted for, the Raiders could finally see some uh, return on that investment. You know, maybe this scheme change from thanks to uh, Patrick Graham is probably going to save his career if indeed this is true, that he is going to go move to the outside as a linebacker. Yeah, and and to me, it's also you know, not a lot of fans talk about the fact that I, I've Mo and I on the show a lot over the last two years have talked a lot about the Raiders at linebacker and the fact that they just haven't. I mean, Corey Littleton, obviously, we know what happened there. Nick Kwiatkowski, who they talked to again this year, maybe maybe thinking about bringing him back. But the Raiders, and I know the game has changed. The Raiders have not had strong linebacking play. Um, yeah, Nick Morrow has made nice pro- progress and all that, mm-hmm. but they've not had that consistent linebacker play. But now with the scheme change, you know, you're starting to look at the fact that you need some answers there. Uh, depending on uh, down and, and where they're at. So so the fact if you can get Farrell to become that linebacker and, and be pretty good at it, which, you know, look, no one's ever doubted that the kid's a good athlete. It's just he's never lived up to the number four pick, okay, which is not all his fault. Uh, he shouldn't have been picked yeah. there in the first place, in my he view. Shouldn't have been picked there. <laughs> right, right. So so to me, that is really interesting. And I think, I think Mario, don't you believe, I mean, you look at, you look at Ziegler, you look at McDaniels, and one of the things that they said, even talking about Alex Leatherwood, which was early on in those press conferences when they first took over, I got the sense that they believe that those guys might have the skills to get where they need them to, but they just hadn't been coached well enough. I mean, they don't want to throw dispersions on the old staff. I get that. That's not what you do in the business because it's so incestuous and small. But do you get that sense that maybe this staff at least thinks that, hey, we got to give it a shot. Maybe we can probably get more out of them. Oh, for sure. And I think right from the get-go, both of the duo, as I like to call them, made it clear (laughs) that this was going to be fueled by competition. Obviously, the coaching change is one aspect of it. The other aspect is the competition. These guys that didn't get picked up for their fifth-year options, they are going to be in competition for playing time. Jacobs, Farrell, all of them, Abram. And their hope is probably, hey, the combination of of the correct scheme change with uh, competition will make you know get the most out of them, and in that sense, the Raiders will are going to be the ones that reap the benefits. It's especially like for example, when you look at Farrell. If you go back and look at Farrell's tape from Clemson, he is he was explosive. He was an excellent pass rusher. Uh, yes, he was not worthy of the fourth overall <laughs> pick. He was certainly overdrafted, but that's not to say the kid wasn't talented. You know, mm-hmm. but that's. You know, the point that I was originally trying to make is that if you really think about it, since being drafted by the Raiders, he's he hasn't really been put in the right position. You know, it's almost like 
the previous coaching uh, staff simply just didn't know how to utilize his talents. You know, if he is indeed going to be moved to outside linebacker by uh, Patrick Graham, then make the most of it and just have him rush the passer on the outside. And that's it. You know, sometimes, sometimes you just have to dumb down the game and just, you know, push a player's strength, in my opinion. You know, yeah. I think maybe he was possibly, maybe they were just trying to overcoach him, turn him into something that he wasn't, you know, trying to justify the fact that he was the fourth overall pick. That's a lot of pressure, man. You know, I don't think we'd be having the same conversations the last few years if he would have gone in Abrams' place later down in right. the first round. Certainly, you know, coming with that expectation that he was going to replace Mac, it was just, you know, unrealistic, really, if you look back. But he, but it's there. He has the athletic ability. He's a talented player, but he just hasn't been – his strengths just haven't been utilized. And I do think that with Graham in charge – and again, with the competition aspect of it, I think we could definitely see Farrell turn it around. Is he going to be an all-pro? Unlikely. <laughs> right. But he could right. definitely be productive. You know, at this point, that's all you really want from the kid, from the kid to be productive, really. Right. And 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 what's incredible, though, Mario, is you have seen cases of guys drafted at one position don't do well. They get moved, and then they do. I mean, maybe they're not all pro, they but they end up. Some of them end up even being pro bowlers, or they become a very solid, above average to very good player at that position. And I think that's where the coaching. And again, it's easy for us to dump on the Gruden staff and on Mayock and those guys because they did have a lot of failures, especially in the draft. I mean, you mm -hmm. know, you go back to the one draft, nobody's left. Um, but but at the same time, especially third rounders. Uh, but as, but you look at that and you say, okay, well, they were they might have recognized the talent and drafted the talent, but they couldn't get the most out of it. I wonder too, is there is there other spots in your view? Is there other spots uh, and other players? I mean, the Jonathan Abram question, the Josh Jacobs mm -hmm. question. Which Josh Jacobs? I don't think there's any question about the talent that he's that he is a starting running back talent in the NFL. For him, it's been the health issue. But is there anybody else on the Raiders you think this staff might be able to? You mentioned Trayvon Mullen earlier. Is there someone on there that you think is a good candidate for somebody who might actually finally live up to the potential that that former staff saw? I think, well, as far as Jacobs, I think unfortunately for him, he has definitely proven his worth. I mean, he basically carried the team into the playoffs. I mean, mm -hmm. it, obviously that's debatable, but he definitely had a large part in that. But I think he could be a victim of the system that McDaniels brings from New England, which is, as we've all seen the last few years, running back by committee. You know, that's not to say he won't be successful under McDaniels. No, far from it. But... Uh, there's a reason why he, he wasn't extended, you know, given that fifth year. Running back is definitely a expandable position in the Patriots offense. I think we can all agree on that, you know. So, unfortunately, it's, I mean, it's too soon. We don't know what they're going to do. But Jacobs is definitely in a difficult position, as is Kenyon Drake, too, you know, just yep. because of the system. Uh, as far as somebody that they can – help to live up to the expectations i'm thinking leatherwood and it's going to mm -hmm. depend on where they use him um, i have a couple of my colleagues at the ramble that swear that leatherwood is can turn into a pro bowl right guard if, mm. if they make him the right guard you know <laughs> so it's going to be just a matter of where does mcdaniel see the right fit you know does yeah. he still believe that he can be a, an nfl right tackle or 
there's nothing wrong with, I mean, obviously he was a first round pick. So maybe the backlash of picking a, a guard or right guard in the first round, but yeah, it's not about that. It's about improving the offensive line. At the end of the day, if the O line is keeping car upright, who really cares? Correct. You know, and and, and as you know, you have to, you have to win in the trenches on offense and defense. Mario, hold on for a minute. We're going to take our first break and we'll come back. We'll pick up that conversation. And we're going to talk a little bit about the AFC West and, and talk about the bomb that Mo dropped in social media uh, and on Sports Not or Bleacher Report, I forgot which one it was. Um, I think it was Sports Not. About who he thinks might be the NFL MVP next year. Uh, so sit tight, Mario. We'll be right back with you. And all of you in Raider Nation, don't go anywhere. You're listening to Silver and Black tonight, only on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. We'll be back right after this message. We will be right back with Silver and Black tonight on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Scott and Moe on Silver and Black tonight on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back. Silver and Black tonight here on, guess what, the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. We are Southern California's only all-Raider talk show. And you're saying to yourself, yeah, the Raiders don't play in Southern California. Well, they have their second home, their vacation home, is at SoFi when they play the Chargers as Raider fans will tell you, and as 70% of the crowd in Silver and Black will tell you. Uh, and there are Raider fans from the Los Angeles days. Uh, it's still a Raider town. Yes, the Rams won the Super Bowl, but that's why we're on the air, because you're all out there, and you need to hear about your team. So welcome back. I'm Scott Branson, your host. I'm joined tonight uh, by my good friend Mario Tovar from the Raider Ramble. If you haven't visited, RaiderRamble.com. Make sure you do that. Uh, and also, you can follow uh, Mario uh, on Twitter, which I suggest. Uh, it's at underscore Mario Tovar, T-O-V-A-R. Uh, so make sure you do that. He's a great follow. He's also someone that's awesome to interact with. If you bring crap towards him and you're full of it, he will call you on it. Right, Mario? <laughs> of course, man. You have to. I know I know you're a big proponent of the uh, muting and the blocking, which I do as well. But sometimes you got to have fun with Twitter, man. I know Mo, oh, yes. your partner, is very uh, – he takes it very serious. You know, he, I've seen his tweets about how – conducting yourself a certain way on Twitter. Sure. I do agree to a point, but sometimes, man, people just, they come at you with disrespect, you know? Absolutely. Not, you don't, I'm not going to take that. <laughs> I'm just a no, proponent of that. That's all it is. And you know what, too, Mario, being, here's the thing, being, and this is not meant to sound egotistical because you and I are very down-earth people. We're not some big celebrity or anything like that, not even close, right? But no. I will tell you, being a content creator 
There are times when people come at you to your point about disrespect. They talk about your work. I don't care. You know, there's lots of people who don't like me and who can't forget that I rooted for the Chargers. And that's fine. Like, they can go get their stuff other places. I'm totally fine with that. There are so many great, great spots. If you want someone who's going to tell you all the good rose-colored glasses stuff and, 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 and talk about the Raiders as we and us, and all, which there's nothing wrong with. That's, that's a different type of content. I'm cool with that. Uh, but every once in a while, to your point, you have people who come at you disrespectfully. They cross a line. And so sometimes you got to just slap them across the face uh, with sure. mo most likely yeah. logic because you know what? You create content. Most of these people have not created anything except maybe what they leave in the toilet at the end of the day. And so, so to <laughs> me... You know, if you want to come at me, show me what you've done. I, I'm more than happy. Well, if you make to be fair, Scott. Yeah. To be fair, though, I've always, as far as with the Raider Ramble, because that's my platform. I can't speak for other ones. Yeah. But with something that we've always done is when people are disrespectful or or do speak to you a certain way, it's like, hey, I've always put it out there. If you can come up with something better, by all means, send it over to me. Yeah. I'll publish it. Heck, heck, I'll even pay you. But it just. <laughs> But don't come on, you know. I'm a big yeah. proponent of that, you know. And I think, I think uh, Benjamin Albright, the uh, Broncos insider, yep. uh, says it best in his uh, tweet when he says, "Twitter's for jokes. Don't take that stuff super serious." You know, yeah. it's like yeah. at the end of the day, it's like we're all human. But you know, but hey, the people that are respectful and enjoy the content and can have a civilized uh, conversation, those are the that's the ones you do it for. You know, yeah, it, at least on Twitter, you know, it is. And, you know, the other thing to remember, too, I think for people, especially fans, because every once in a while I have somebody come at me with something and I and I bite back at them and I realize, you know what, <sighs> they weren't really trying to to cross the line or whatever. I, I, I think people and, and I've done it right where you spout off something on Twitter and you're like, oh, OK, maybe I shouldn't have said it that way. It didn't really come out how I wanted <laughs> it to. Uh, and so so I get that piece of it. But but the good news is for the for the most part. I mean, 90% of my interactions with Raider Nation are phenomenal. I, I, even people who disagree with me uh, on certain things when we talk Raider football, um, I don't mind that. Like, I'm totally fine because I'm wrong. All My wife tells me all the time I'm wrong. So, you know, I, I don't mind when people out there tell me. Uh, but let's, let's get back to the football, Mario. Um, before we went to the break, we were talking about the fact that you know the Raiders have some players who are in kind of make or break years, and and you mentioned a couple of them, including Alex Leatherwood, which I agree with you. I mean, they need him to be the guy. Um, even eighty percent of what they thought he could be would be phenomenal, uh, whether it's at guard or tackle. Uh, but you look at some of the other guys like Jonathan Abrams. Who else on this team do you think maybe might benefit the most from that new regime, from that new coaching staff, from Patrick Graham, for example, on defense? I definitely think Jonathan Abram, he, I mean, he is the strong safety for the Raiders by all accounts. You know, he's improved in certain areas each year. He's definitely progressed. Uh, but, you know, the idea has been thrown around, is he in trouble, is, you know, at least as far as losing that starting gig. <clears throat> they did go, they did acquire uh, Deron Harmon in the offseason. So, you know, I was reading yep. an article earlier from my colleagues at a, just blog baby that he does have a legitimate shot at competing and again this is what i said earlier this new regime is going to thrive on competition you know there shouldn't be too many positions set in stone other than the most obvious ones you know crosby renfro adams Carr, those you know those guys but the rest of the team really should just be up for grabs as far as 
who's going to play, you know, the best. I think the biggest issue with Abram still continues to be the coverage aspect of his game. You know, he is definitely a hard hitter. He's definitely somebody out there that, you know, can make a play, but the coverage, you know, and, in uh, Patrick Graham's uh, system that he's bringing in, coverage abilities are probably the biggest uh, thing he's looking for, you know, at the second level and the third level. So, unfortunately, yeah, he he could be in trouble, you know. But again, we still have to see training camp. You know, he's definitely one player to keep an eye on as as far as you know who might be on the bubble, who might be in trouble. Definitely, Abram is one. Yeah. And so Mario, the, let's let's jump into some some of the AFC West stuff. So of course we were joking about Mo's piece on Bleacher Report. It was on Bleacher Report, by the way. I couldn't remember. Uh, it's been that kind of week. Um, uh, <laughs> on Wednesday he published it, uh, talking about uh, why he felt that Justin Herbert of the Chargers was set up for perhaps being the NFL MVP. So that's kind of Mo's early take because what a, what the Chargers have done um, to support him with high-end playmakers on defense, on offense, that offensive line continues to improve. Um, when you look at that and, and, and Mo's point of view on that, um, it, it look, we've talked about it for the last several weeks on this show, which is the AFC West all over got better except for the Chiefs, right? Which is the Chiefs have been kind of ruling the roost for a while now. They lose Tyreek Hill. Um, they got some other pieces, but it's kind of a big unknown. But you look at what the Broncos did. You look at what uh, the Chargers have done and what the Raiders have done. This is going to be a really competitive division. But when you look at the Chargers and you look at Justin Herbert, you look at Moe's piece, um, are, is this another typical Charger hype machine that we see? Or do you think that Moe's got a good point here and that this team might be better with a coach that made bad decisions last year but may have learned from those? Well, to be, oh, first of all, uh, it's funny you brought up the Chiefs because a few uh, half hour ago I got buried on Twitter for just <laughs> mentioning the fact that the Chiefs uh, are going to – everybody's saying, telling, yelling at me that the Chiefs are going to be just fine with a Tyreek Hill. And I was making the point that, well, Hill isn't the, wasn't the, the entire offense. You can't tell me you move on from a player like that and you're not going to feel it. Right. You know, Kelsey is definitely last year showed his age. He's starting to show he's, he's human. You know, not saying, not trying to hear to insinuate that Darren Waller has overtaken him. That's still up for debate. But to simply assume that the Chiefs are just going to keep rolling along, you know, with business as usual, I think is a little bit far-fetched. Just my opinion, you know. As far as most point, it's a very valid point. I don't think it's more Chargers hype machine. He definitely is going to flourish under the set, being in back-to-back seasons uh under the same offensive scheme, uh, he may, Mo actually made the great point that in college, the same thing happened when he was in in, in the playing college ball. When he had back-to-back schemes that were the same, he actually improved dramatically. You know, each each year, yep. the Chargers did a great job. They they kept all his weapons. The offensive line is getting better. You know, Rashawn Slater is emerging really as one of the best tackles really in the entire league. So I don't think actually it's it's hype machine. I think that he does have Herbert I'm talking about does have a legitimate shot at being MVP. You know, is it a bit early to crown him? Probably, you know, but, <laughs> but the foundation is there, you know, and I get it. I know Raider fans hate the annual uh, hype machine <laughs> surrounding the Chargers. Sure, sure. It's understandable, but they have to understand when you look at it from the grand scheme of things, the offensive line, the weapons, the continuity now with Brandon Staley, it's there, you know, 
it's not that far fetched to say that he's going to be a legitimate MVP candidate, you know? Right. And, and I know a lot of Raider fans and, and I agree with them on this point, which is, okay, so Justin Herbert's supposed to be so good, but they haven't won anything. But at the same time, we always talk about Derek Carr being so good, but he hasn't won anything either. So I don't think that's a fair judge, just like it isn't with Carr. I don't think it's a fair judgment. Mm-hmm. I think he's a younger player too, by the way, and he's got a different skill set in many ways than Carr does. Um, uh, so, so yeah, it'll be interesting. But but clearly, uh, Mo had the the crowd fired up, which was which was always fun. But Mario, <laughs> you look at the rest of that AFC West, since this is the first time we talked to you since all these moves have happened. Um, what team do you think, outside of the Chargers, you look at the Broncos, uh, and again, you, you talked about the Chiefs, um, that Bronco team, I think people are underselling what Russell Wilson brings to that team because uh, they talk about Russell Wilson and his age and the injury and all that kind of stuff, but he's still Russell mm-hmm. Wilson. He's still got a lot of talent. The guy's won a Super Bowl, and I don't think Denver Denver's had so much trouble at the position, and it is the position that drives success in the NFL. Well, yeah, and but I mean, but is he really though? Because I think a lot of it was from Raider fans being, uh, <laughs> what's the word, salty about Wilson yeah. going to the to the Broncos and throwing shade on his injuries and stuff. But it's true though; he's still Russell Wilson, right. you know. And obviously, the weapons that he's going to have and with the Broncos, Jerry Judy, you know, if he ever gets out of prison, you know, all those guys <laughs> that, that he has, they're still good. I mean are they better than what he had in Seattle? It's too soon to tell, you know, DK Metcalf and all of that whole core that he had over there. But the Broncos for the last few years have had one of the top defenses in the NFL. What they were missing was quarterback play, you know, whether it was Teddy Bridgewater, all these drew lock, you know, there's just a long list of guys that just couldn't hack it, but they finally have the quarterback position solved with Wilson Uh for feasibly for what maybe two three maybe four years you know so their window is now to compete uh can they overtake the raiders can they take the chargers that's that's a whole nother question you know that's they definitely are trending in the right direction that's yeah. the thing too with this division man it really is just a murderer's row as far as each team you know it's any of these four teams realistically has a shot to win the division you know, yeah. so I know Raider fans don't want to hear that, but <laughs> yeah, you know, well, objectively, all four you know teams have a legitimate shot at winning this, at winning this thing, and a lot of it too is their improvements combined with the Chiefs' decline at certain positions. Correct. So it's more so about the other three teams catching up to the Chiefs more than anything. Yeah, so, and and, yeah. and you. And you know what, Mario, too, it, it, it's what I've said, and I want to see if you agree with this statement, I think, and this is where I think Raider fans who, again, I don't just pander, I'm not just saying it, but I do believe are the best fans there are in sports, but Raider fans tend to live or die week by week, right, by their team, and I get it, because the loyalty is so deep, Um but at the same time, I think this season, to your point about Murderer's Row, about this division being so difficult, is you could go a two-week stretch where the Raiders don't look good and you're like, holy crap, they're out of this. There's no way they're going to win division. And the Chiefs are playing really well. And then the next two weeks, it could be the, it could be the Broncos that are on fire. And then it could be the Raiders on fire. And it's going to be a little bit of a balancing act, I think, between timing. You know, Are you peaking at the right time? Uh, of course, you can't lose too many division games or conference games for playoff seating, right? 
but I think we're it's going to be a week by week division, and we're just not going to know who who's a clear cut leader unless you know unfortunately a, a injuries happen to a team or something dramatic happens, uh, and and that changes the scope of of what it is. But I I really think it's just going to be a very very week by week season. Uh, in the division now, do I think the Raiders are going to have an up and down season? No, I think they're actually again, and I don't get into the game predictions anymore. But you know, eleven games, yeah, I, that's that's perfectly to me within reason, and 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 could be an expectation. So I don't think the Raiders will struggle so much, but I do think in that division, it's just going to be bloody. Oh, for sure. And if you think about it, last season, you know, on the Raiders, the Raiders were pretty much dead in the water in December last year. You know, they, they got that final stretch at the end and they clinched the, the playoff berth. So really, it might come down to who has that final run at the end. Uh, I know the Raiders have the, the week the, the week six, the week six uh, bye, which is could right. come back to haunt them too, actually, down the stretch when you look at that brutal stretch in the, at the end, actually, for the Raiders. But it could feasibly come down to who wins at the end, you know, who has that final run. Uh, in the last few last few weeks of the regular season, again, you just have to look at the Raiders last last year. That's exactly what happened. You know, after the whole turmoil, with what happened with with Gruden and Rugs by early December. I mean, all the experts had the Raiders, you know, dead nope. in the water, and look what yep. happened. You yeah. Know? So all it takes is one run of a few games at the end, and that's probably who's going to win it. It is going to be definitely a neck and neck situation. Obviously, each. AFC West matchup is going to be musty football. So that's, yes. you know, it's just going to be, it's going to be one of those years, man. <laughs> it, it is. And you know what, too, Mario, you, you talked about the schedule, which we talked about on the show last week, but, but I, I've taken the opposite. A lot of people are saying, man, those last six games, they're brutal. It's a brutal schedule. There's no question, but I think the Raiders have to win the season and set themselves up for the playoffs in the first six games, because to me, you have not only those final six, but if you look at the the uh, the six games before that, they play four of the six on the road. So you you have four of the oh, six sure. on the yeah. road and two on the East Coast, and then you have that six game stretch at the end. So to me, and I know it's 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 been it's been difficult for Raider fans because the Raiders have started so well the last three seasons and then crapped the bed. But I really think they have to have. A, a really solid going into that bye week, they got to be on really good footing. Oh, for sure. And I think to your point, I think it's a another way to 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 you know make the point would be they need to set the tone from the outset. You know, all eyes are going to be on the Raiders with the new you know new coaching staff. So basically, what's going to end up happening is if this team doesn't get off to a good start, you're going to start seeing fans' reactions to that. You know, social media, you're definitely going to see. You're going to start seeing. Oh, Carr isn't it? Uh, Devonte Adams, he's too old. You know, this fan base, like you said, is just so <laughs> passionate. But you're definitely going to see a lot of that, and you're absolutely right. The first six games, it is going to be crucial to get off to a great start. You know, yeah. if not, you know, that's when doubt starts to set in. You know, was is McDaniel's the right guy? And it's and you said it yourself. It's a week to week business. You know, yeah. in football. And we saw that last year too, man. In the first few games, people <laughs> had turned on Carr by all means. You know oh, what yes. happened? They still made the playoffs. So, I it's definitely going to be the same thing again this year. <laughs> so buckle up. Oh yes, buckle up. Absolutely, you're going to have uh, buckle up and have an airbag ready even in front of your TV. Um, Mario, as we get <laughs> we get set to close out the show here too. One last question I had for you, and I think it's the one shoe that people have been waiting for to drop. 
uh, and I want to get your take on if you think it's going to happen, which is, are they going to, are they going to give Renfro an extension here, uh, before we hit training camp? Um, if I had to guess, obviously no insider, nothing like that. I would Uh say no. I think they would hold off. I think right now they would be in better position to address some of those other weaknesses, you know, devoting some of the money to that, you know, sort of a, uh, how would you say, like a short-term fix and then locking up your guys. Because not only do you have Hunter Ruffro, but you also have to decide on Darren Waller too. Yes. You know, so by all means, they would want both of them long-term, but we don't know what can happen. You know, anything can happen uh, next offseason. But I know I don't think he'll get locked up long-term uh, before the season starts. Well, there you go. Mario, listen, man, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. We'll have you on more. I know I said that last time, but we will, I promise. Uh, and just keep up the great work, man. Congratulations on all the success. Uh, and and it, for those of you out there, both of us, Mario and I, we started with just starting a website. So if you're interested in doing content, don't let anybody, I don't care what you do for a living. I don't care if you're an exterminator, a plumber, a teacher, uh, a nuclear engineer. If you want to do it, follow your passion. Mario's a great example of that. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at underscore Mario Tovar, T-O-V-A-R. Of course, check out his work and the rest of his team's work at RaiderRamble.com as well as his work up on SportsNot.com. Mario, thanks for being with us, man, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Well, thanks for having me on, Scott. It's always a pleasure, man. Thank you. Absolutely. All right, that's going to close out the show for us here. Another Friday night, more Raider talk. And uh, again, we thank all of you for being with us. Make sure you check out the website, silverandblacktonight.com, where you can get archived of the show. Make sure you subscribe to the show and your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on Twitter at SNB Today. And I am at LV Gully. For everyone here at the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio and Silver and Black today, have a great weekend, Raider Nation. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for joining us. Please catch Silver and Black tonight, every Friday at 6 p.m. on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio.